Hello and welcome to the award-winning Canine Hoopers World podcast. Everyone's invited. Hello everybody and welcome to season three, episode 10 of Canine Hoops World podcast. Now this episode is a little bit different. Um, This lady isn't a pet professional per se but she is very involved in the pet industry and the pet world and has been campaigning for over 15 years now to get the law changed in the UK and everything else so today um, I am going to put a trigger warning at the start of this episode because we are going to be talking about pet theft and about animals going missing so if this is something that has affected you you may want to skip sections or um, just skip this episode and if you are currently looking for your pets we are sending you sparkle and hope you get them home soon so without further ado debbie matthews hello how are you i'm fine and thank you so much for inviting me on i i I didn't realize this was just for pet professionals so i feel very honored we have (laughs) i normally interview pet professionals but i'm opening it up to the world now we're on season three this is technically episode 110 so I had to start bringing the net a bit wider. <laughs> Fantastic. Well done, you. So, Debbie, for people that don't know who you are or what the campaign's about and stuff like that, can you just tell everyone who are you, what do you do? Oh, well, my name is Debbie Matthews. Um, really, I'm a pet owner. That's how I got started. And my dogs were stolen back in 2006, and that's where my journey begins. And uh, I'm still campaigning today. <laughs> so it's been a hard slog, but we're getting there slowly. We're getting there. Mm-hmm. So when your when your dogs were stolen, obviously it's the most horrendous thing. I mean, I've I'm very fortunate that I've had a dog go missing. Um, it was for seven hours, and that was probably the worst seven hours of my life. That was when Munchkin went AWOL in Woodland one day. Um, Dogs going missing is horrendous, but your dog actually being physically stolen is horrific. Now, um, we did an episode back in season two, the very start of season two, I spoke with Alan Freeman, who's um, IMDT trainer and an ex-police officer, and we were talking about how to prevent pet theft. Now, one thing that I see, even last week, driving home, dogs tied up outside shops. Please don't do this, people. (laughs) No, I know it's, it's one of those things that people have done for years they're probably not aware um you know a gentle word i've waited outside shops with dogs that have been tied up and just had a you know just just be careful about where you leave your dogs and oh no no one would ever take my dog but no one ever thinks it's going to happen to them until it does and unfortunately dog thieves don't really care what size breed sex age the dog is they take it and then decide what to do with it so we're all at risk so when you say um, they'll sort of take any dogs, I think a lot of people assume that pet theft is just going to be like pedigree dogs or like cute puppies. But unfortunately, it can be any dog, can't it? No, it can be any dog. It's really sad. And um, it's they're taken from families, from elderly people. You know, these dogs are their reason for getting up every morning. It just devastates people's lives, families, young children um it's a devastating crime and it's the not knowing 
what's happening to your pet. I mean, when, when it happened to me, you're constantly thinking, you know, I had two dogs stolen at the same time. So you're thinking, are they still together? Are they warm? Are they being fed? Are they being looked after? The questions that go around in your head is constant and that doesn't let up. So do you mind telling us about kind of your story and what happened in the circumstances around your guys going missing? Yeah, um, it was back in 2006. I mean, that long ago, you never heard of dog theft. I'd never heard of the dogs being stolen. It was the first, furthest thing from my mind. I'd been for a walk with them. I popped into Marks and Spencer's in Camberley, which is a huge store with people walking around the car park, car washes. Um, it was in May, so it was a you know a bright day. It wasn't so it wasn't too hot. Don't get anybody <laughs> to panic about. Well noted. Dogs well noted. Yes, do not leave dogs in hot cars. I'm used to, I'm used to all the uh, abuse I get from leaving my dogs in the car. But back then, it was perfectly normal. It was something I've done all my life. When I came out of the store, which I could see my car from the store, that's how close it was to the mm. store door. Um, I could see two men standing by my car and I thought, well, oh, they must be mad. The dogs be going crazy. How ridiculous. And started walking towards the car. And I could see that the uh, reflection from the driver's side wasn't there. You could see that the window was open. Uh. And, I, and, <laughs> and I started to run. I don't know if you've ever been in a, a panic mode, but when you run, you go into it. It's like a slow motion that happens to you and you can't get to where you want to get to. And I shouted to the men, are my dogs OK? They both looked in the car and just looked back and said, what dogs? And oh, the, the, well, the devastation, the shock. I say it's shock that happens to you. Mm. I got to the car, looked in the car, the window was smashed. There was glass everywhere, you know, inside the car, on the floor. Um, and uh, they said, oh, the police, we phoned the police and they want to speak to you because they want to know what you left in your car. I said, my dogs were in my car. Phone the police. Um, they said, what did you leave in your car? My dogs were in my car. You can imagine the state I was in. Yeah. And they said, no, no, no. What, what did you leave in your car that was valuable? What? And I said, no, my dogs. <laughs> my dogs were in my car. And... Uh, they said, no, no, did you leave your laptop, a handbag, some cash? I said, no, my dogs were in my car. She said, yeah, but we might have, you know, they might have seen something in your car, taken the laptop, and the dogs have jumped out. I said, no, they were Yorkshire Terriers. There's no way they could jump out of the window. Um, and the, then the bombshell was, he said to me, well, as it's only dogs, we won't come out. And... Mm -hmm. I was just standing there, not knowing what to say to this guy. I said, but what about fingerprints? You might be able to get fingerprints from the car. They've obviously had to get in the car to catch the dogs. There's going to be something in this car from those people that stay up stolen my dogs. Well, no, it's only dogs. We, there's not much we can do. We'll give you a crime reference number for car theft. And I said, yes, but my dogs have been stolen. My car is here. And they said, well... Because the dogs have been stolen from the car, it's categorised as car theft. So I said, so what if someone phones you up and says, I've just found two Yorkshire Terriers, how will you know that that's, they're my dogs? You know, all these, and that, this yeah. is an instant response to what was happening to me. And they said, uh, all you can do is contact the microchip database and um, I suppose you could put a few posters up. And that was it. That oh, was helpful. That was helpful. Point. Lovely. <laughs> um, I've, 
went into the school store um, to call my father because he was the only one who was local to me because mm-hmm. I was just going to have tea with him. And um, he came and picked me up. And I suppose I should let everybody know that my father is Bruce Forsyth. The late great legend that was yeah. Bruce Forsyth. I mean, honestly, any UK listeners, you'll know exactly who we're talking about. Um, those of you that are listening from the States and other countries, um, Bruce Forsyth was... Um, pinnacle of uk tv like he was a legend and if ever you watch strictly he was he was a genius love him so thank you bless him little shout thank out to Brucey. thank <laughs> you very much so anyway you can imagine the looks we were getting as i was led out of marks and Spencers with my father who was instantly recognizable by everybody in the store mm-hmm. and I'm crying my eyes out and I just said to him oh my god I can just see the headlines Bruce's daughter's shoplifting you know, caught shoplifting, <laughs> you know, but that's what the store, the story would be. They don't realise my You're all over the tabloids. Story. Yeah. So anyway, we got home. I, um, I actually lived in London. So I got back to London to find the microchip uh, registration for the boys, phoned the database um, and they, you know, they said to me, are your details up to date? I suggest they are. They told me my details. I said, oh, no, that's not right. That's their old details. I thought that every time you went to a vet with um, your, your microchip dogs, because they were on pet passport back then, mm-hmm. um, that, that it would, was an automatic check or a change. I just thought yeah. the vets were more involved with microchipping, which obviously I found out afterwards they're not. Um, that we then went online and if you can imagine, I don't know if you can remember what the web was like in 2006, but it was nothing like it is today. Um, But I was very lucky. I found a website called dogloss.co.uk and um, it had everything there that I needed to know, which was fantastic because you don't know what to do. Yes, I've got to get posters. How do I put posters together? What do I do? And on Dog Lost, you just fill in your details and press a button and, and there's a poster for you. It's just incredible. Yeah. Sent those straight away to a, a printer, spoke to, phoned up Dog Lost and spoke to Jane Hayes, who was the founder. And she'd set the site up for her own dog who'd been missing two years prior to that had been stolen. And they found that there was no help out there for anyone. Um, went through all the details. Um, she said that as because because the boys were seven years old and neutered, they'd probably be sold on quickly for cash. And I said, fantastic, they're microchipped. I'll get them back. She said, well, no, that's the next bit of news I was gonna tell you. Vets don't check microchips at first presentation. So you won't get your dogs back because of their microchips. You know, you've got to be lucky that the dogs are found as a stray dog. If they're picked Mm -hmm. up as a stray, they will be checked, but not if they're with an owner and they go into a vet practice. So that was my second blow, really. In the first 24 hours, I found out the police weren't going to help me and then the microchips weren't going to help me. So I was relying on posters at that point. Um, and, and really, you know, a Yorkshire Terrier looks like another Yorkshire Terrier to people. And that's the problem for most stolen dogs, you know, that unless they've got distinct markings or there's something about them that's different, it's, you can't tell. Yeah. if that's somebody else's dog you know yeah. that's why we might chip our pets so um sent got the posters went back to the mark suspensers and Cambly and started handing out posters and we started postering around that area yeah. and moving outwards 
Um, um, the press started phoning us uh, probably about the second or third day in. And Jane had said to us at Dogloss, she said, um, let the dogs be sold on, give them a week and then go public with your father. Your father can then help, but let them be sold on. Don't make them too hot to be handled because um, you don't want anything bad to happen with them. Mm -hmm. And obviously yeah, no, that that makes sense. Yeah. We, we told the newspaper and they were amazing. They they held back on the story and they gave me a week. And after the week, and I I was, I, I think we got it through about 5,000 posters that we put up wow. in the area. Uh, there wasn't a person who didn't know that the boys had been stolen. And, you know, people were coming up to me in the street and saying, oh, I'm so sorry, they're your dogs. So, yes, I've seen the posters. Um, and it affects everybody. You know, we're, we're, we're a nation of dog lovers. You yeah. know, it's the worst thing you can imagine happening to someone. Yeah. Um, so anyway, the newspaper came out. Uh, we got a call from Natasha Kaplinsky on BBC News and they did a piece that evening. Um, and then we followed up GMTV did called us to do a live appeal from my father's house the next morning yeah which was wonderful to have this support I mean mm -hmm. um it was incredible we went on did the appeal and that morning the man who bought widget was watching and uh he bought widget in a livestock market in Southall uh and there were other dogs in boxes um and I got Widget back, which was like wow. a miracle. I mean, I couldn't believe it. And then GMTV said, right, okay, we've got Widget back. Let's do a follow-up for Gizmo and see if we can find Giz the person who's bought Gizmo. Yeah. Um, and uh, the next morning we said, we've got a Widget from Southall. Anybody else buy a dog locally? And a lady in Hayes phoned up to say she bought Gizmo in a park in Hayes, which oh. wasn't that far away they were 30 miles away from where they'd been stolen so just around the m25 yeah, but Hayes and Southall aren't that far away from each other in the grand scheme of no things. no they're close wow. so yeah so they'd been they were close together so I got gizmo back and I can't tell you what that feeling was like it, it was nine days and ten days we'd gone without them so nothing compared to some people who are suffering this um but my, you know, we sort of were in a daze. It was like a nightmare we'd been through. And when we all got back home and we just sat, we didn't move, there was no noise. Mm -hmm. It was just silence. It was really a strange time after that, a week or something, we just recouped our energy. Yeah. I didn't sleep or eat or, or anything. All I was interested in was getting the posters up. Yeah. And um, my husband said to me, if there was one thing you could change, what would it be? And I said, well, I'll never be able to change a law, but maybe I could get the vets to check microchips at first mm -hmm. presentation. That didn't seem like a big deal. And I thought, you know, dogs, vets understand how we feel about our animals. They probably haven't thought about this. I hadn't thought about it. I didn't even know about dog theft. Yeah. So it was like, I, okay, let's try and do that. <laughs> so uh, my father, uh, join me thank goodness because it was because of him I got my dogs back there's no other reason you know, if I hadn't been on television with him I wouldn't have got the boys back so we set up Vets Get Scanning mm -hmm. and it, it was quite strange I, I contacted all the BVAs and the RS Royal College of Veterinary mm -hmm. Surgeons um, Kennel Club lots of 
important places just to get the word out and to warn people, to warn people about not leaving dogs in cars yeah. and, uh, and just spreading the word really. And um, the vets, you know, thanked me for my message and that was it. They didn't really say much else, mm. but it, you know, I started, I got invited to um, Crufts to start a, and it was Discover Dogs first, I think, in yeah. Earth's Court. And we started handing out leaflets and badges. And, and in those days, you had to do paper petitions. Um, I had my <laughs> Back in the good old days where you had to actually <laughs> yes. write your name. <laughs> and uh, I started a petition to get it, because so, I could sense there wasn't going to be any change. Mm -hmm. And that's really how the campaigning started. I did that for many years and going to Crufts, getting petition signatures probably got about 60,000 signatures that way which was wow. hard work but amazing people helping as well yeah. incredible my my first uh, time at Crufts when I was on a stand it's very hard when you're not used to campaigning or putting yourself out there you mm. know to approach people and talk to people about stuff and the first thing people would say is oh no my dog's already microchipped it's okay I said no that's why I need to talk to you you know, and explain what what was happening with the microchips that they just weren't helping people. Yeah. And this very smart gentleman came over to where where I was, looked totally out of place in Crufts because everybody's covered in dog hair. <laughs> dog man. True story. And I mean that in a very nice way, in a loving way. You know, people just adored their dogs there. And this man was very smartly dressed in a suit. And just looked totally out of place and he came over to me and he said what are you doing and I explained what the campaign was to get vets to check microchips and he said I've been going on about this for years he said well good on you he said keep it going sign the petition and he gave me his card and off he went and he was only the president of BBA Harvey Locke was his name and I thought Amazing. wow I just got chills <laughs> I was like <laughs> I just thought, wow, if he thinks this is the right thing to do, why didn't I find him a couple of months ago? But anyway, he was he was wonderful. Very, you know, well, he understood the situation, mm. not like the people that run it now, sadly. But we kept going. Then social media started getting bigger. Um, and I sort of joined, I started joining, I think it must have been 2012. Um, and I'd always worked with dog loss, but what, what happened on social media was you could see that there were more dogs being taken than originally thought because yeah. people were being able to pick up on each other and the stories and share their stories. Mm -hmm. You could see there was a bigger problem there. And it was no good just warning people about not where to, you know, don't leave your dog in a car, don't leave your dog um, tied up outside a shop. Mm -hmm. We could start seeing the pattern of more dogs being stolen from gardens. Yes. And, and that was worrying. More dogs are stolen from people while they're on a walk. You know, if a dog goes out of sight. So these were worrying discoveries. And we thought, well, why is this happening? Why isn't anybody being caught? And then we investigated the law and, and actually our pets, as I found out that my dogs were classified under the car theft, um, pets are property. They're not mentioned in the Theft Act at all. They are property and they're secondhand goods valued under 500 pounds which means they're a category four offense so if somebody does go to court uh they will only get a small fine 250 pound fine even when dogs are still missing and well 
when you still sort of see that you, you can think well obviously our dogs aren't important we need to escalate you know mm-hmm. put them in a place where they are treated accordingly to the, the fact that they're priceless and irreplaceable members of our families uh, we found an MP called Gareth uh, Johnson um, and he was already on to the sentencing council trying to get them to make an amendment because all that was needed in the theft act was a small amendment yep. to say um, domestic pets, pets should be considered very very simple it was a two-line amendment that was needed they've done it for cars and bicycles so <laughs> like <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry right so if so as the law was having your bicycle stolen was a more serious crime than having a sentient being stolen. Absolutely. Uh, And the worst thing was that if you phoned up the police to find out how many dogs were stolen, they can't tell you because there's so so many different places dogs can be hidden into house burglary, car theft, theft from a person. I think there's about five different categories dogs yeah. can disappear into. But phone them up and ask them how many bicycles have stopped being stolen, and they can tell you straight away because they've got a tick box for bicycles. Mm. So bikes are more important than dogs. So frustrating. So Gareth was fantastic. He gave. He actually got us into the Parliament setup, um, and as non-campaigners, we had no idea what was ahead of us or what we were doing <laughs> but we just thought this has got to change this isn't right yeah um he gave us the idea of having dog theft awareness day and we had our first dog theft awareness day on march the 14th in 2017 mm-hmm. and it was a drop-in event for mps so we got um dog owners who had missing dogs uh come to the event we had um mark vet who was supporting our campaigns vet nurses who were supporting our campaigns. Um, we had uh, insurance people. We had all of our team there to talk to the MPs. And we didn't know if one MP was gonna turn up yeah. or a hundred MPs were gonna turn up. We had no idea, but it was amazing. We, we had so much support. Our board was covered in signatures. All of them had dogs, all of them understood the problem and none of them had realized that pets were property and why we weren't getting any help mm-hmm. and the police hands are tied yeah uh, you know you you wouldn't expect um the police to be running after a garden pot and that's yeah. basically what our dogs are do you know what I mean it, it's yeah you need to escalate the crime so that the police can be more involved so it was it's a no-brainer for most people so that was the start in parliament and from then on uh, we've often had events in Parliament, uh, well supported by MPs. Um, just before, um, at the end of 2017, mm-hmm. pet theft really started to escalate again. There were an awful lot of dogs stolen in Avon and Somerset. Three dogs from here, two dogs from there, uh, yeah. five dogs from here, and then one dog was taken and um, she was stolen one night. And the following morning, she was just found discarded on the side road and she'd been she was in a terrible state I won't go into details mm. um <laughs> and one of our big followers on twitter was a dr daniel allen and he's an animal influ- influencer uh 
an animal geographer at Keele University. And he, he'd over the months been asking lots of questions. Why is this happening? As an academic does, they want to know answers. They want to know why uh, these things are happening. Why, what's happening? Why aren't the police doing this? Why aren't the courts moving? What support have you got? And after this one little dog that was, was killed, um, he said, this is getting ridiculous. Would you like me to start a petition for you? And by now, petitions were online. It was a whole different ball game with petitions nowadays. Yeah. You know, you just click a couple of things and you, you've signed a petition. Mm -hmm. um, we said, oh, please. So he joined us. He started a petition. Um, that was in 2018, the start of 2018. Mm -hmm. And uh, we got 100,000 signatures, which is the golden number to get a debate yeah. in Parliament. Um, and we had a lot of celebrity support. We had um, Ricky Gervais, Peter Egan, Brian May, Chris Packham, Deborah Maiden. I mean, an amazing list of supporters. And um, we, we got the debate in Parliament, which was incredible. A lot of work goes into the debate because you have to prep the MPs and ask the MPs to come and talk in the debate for you yeah. um, and you have to have all the information ready for the debate and it's led by the MPs it's not you don't lead the debate at all you pass all the information on and it was an excellent debate the MPs were there supporting us um, and at the end of the debate George Eustace who was the DEFRA minister at the time he still is today actually um, stood up and said well I totally understand how dreadful this is it really affects families but everything's okay as it is um dogs are a category two three offense uh, with that our legal advisor john cooper professor john cooper qc who put together all the all our legal arguments mm -hmm. nearly combusted <laughs> because our dogs aren't a category two three there was no way unless somebody comes at you with a knife and hits you over the head and takes your dog yeah dog theft it just couldn't get he, he said that they you know dog thieves could get a seven-year sentence it's not capable it's not possible yeah in the magistrate's court there were so many things wrong that George used to said um and then he went on to say that he would get he would look at facts and figures because we couldn't rely on all these different agencies trying to get the information and that was the end of the debate so we started thinking well maybe because he said it's the category two three that will happen that's what will happen it will be from now on mm. wrote to his office and he was saying it's already okay as it is and nothing basically happened they didn't start trying to put together the figures nothing happened so dr daniel allen said okay i'm going to do a freedom of information request and really investigate this and do an academic paper on dog theft so we can yeah. list all the problems that we can see all the things that would help the police um uh classify the dogs correctly uh, register them give crime reference number data all the, all the things that were bugging us that weren't right yeah um and in 2019 he started a new petition but we had the facts and figures this time and then I can't I think it was Brexit was going on at the time so everything in parliament was being pushed back we got another 100,000 signatures yeah. so we were promised another debate we had meetings with DEFRA and when they saw the figures um 
Dr. Dan had actually got the figures. Um, I don't know how they do it, but the, it's a, now a, an official document on wow. dog theft. Um, and when they could see that and the figures and the, the pitfalls in the system that were in the existing system, yeah. it propelled us forward with, M, with MPs and DEFRA in a way. Um, but we lost the debate. We, we didn't get the debate we wanted because of Brexit, um, because of, I think, then the parliament dissolved, which means you lose everything you've done before. Yep. <laughs> so we then started... It must started have been absolutely position. so destroying. You must have been like, we are so close and... Ah. I know. So we started another petition in 2020 in case we lost all of the work in 2019. Yeah. So this was our third petition and petitions are hard, but mm. the more that I think we were being more trusted by the public and, and uh, signatures were easy to come, much easier to come by. And um, we got a date for a second debate in July that year. Yeah. And um, was it 2020? Yeah, 2020, we got a second debate and the lead of the um, debate was a, an MP called Tom Hunt. I think he was Ipswich. Mm -hmm. And um, they were the new breed of MPs that came into Parliament. And we could sense straight away there was a difference. There was more engagement with us. We had Zoom calls about the debate. Um, he wanted to know more information. We, you know, the whole team, the whole Slow and Missing Pets Alliance team, yeah. Um, came together to talk to him and he was interested in every aspect of what we were doing. Had the debate, which was very good. Again, I don't think George used to stand up at that one. I think he dodged it. Um, and uh, it was not really, there, I think it was Victoria Prentice was, was there and she said that uh, Robert Buckton, the Justice Minister, was looking at the fact Mm -hmm. um and that they would update us and that was the end of the debate oh okay. Tom Hunt. well that's all right then <laughs> yeah so again you're sort of you know this big build-up you go through oh. anyway uh, Tom Hunt didn't leave us didn't desert us he was amazing he teamed up with another um MP called uh Siobhan Bailey mm -hmm. whose uh, uh background is legal and they started contacting Robert Buckland and they were having in conversation with him constantly and they kept updating us and we had various meetings and everything with them. And he was pushing this all the time. He was often in parliament mentioning it again. Um, you could really see that you had his support to try and get this in parliament, keep it going in parliament. Then we had uh, the lockdowns in COVID, <laughs> so we became locked down. Great <laughs> uh, It was quite funny, actually. In our second debate, um, a couple of the MPs stood up and said, um, I've had more emails about dog theft than I've had about Brexit and COVID. So that's how they could gauge it from the public, how important dog theft was to mm. the public, which was very important. Um, so I'm trying to remember. Right. So the next bit was that um, Ian Duncan Smith comes into the picture and he'd been to our drop ins be before at Parliament and mm -hmm. totally got it, is a 
mad dog supporter. Uh, he's very involved with the medical detection dogs. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, him and his wife are working, you know, constantly supporting any dog and animal welfare issues. And um, he was doing a Zoom meeting with his constituents. Mm -hmm. This would be early 2020, I think it was. Or twenty no twenty twenty one sorry with all the dates that's it's all almost right. into Honestly, one the last two years are just a blur <laughs> of just it all happened like we've yeah. had breakfast since then we can't remember everything no <laughs> so <laughs> he had this meeting and one of his constituents said to him I don't think much of your laws around dog theft and he said what do you mean and she said um, in December I was pushed to the ground and. They stood on my hands and they've taken my dog. Buster is her dog. And five of them went off in their car. I've had no help. No one oh. wants to help me. And I can't get my dog back. Um, he was absolutely livid. We made contact. He made contact with us. He did a newspaper article. And we had the Zoom meeting with him about where we were, you know, the... Tom Hunt was still trying to get Robert Buckland to say that he was going to do something about dog theft and get this amendment. Mm -hmm. And um, he was just amazing. He was like, a, you know, you always need luck in campaigning. In life, you need luck. And he was our, our knight in shining armour. <laughs> he uh, stood up in Parliament. He gave a most amazing speech about dog theft. He totally got the vet scanning as well. You know, he was yeah. totally on it. He got involved with Robert Buckland, Tom Hunt. He got pretty involved, pretty Patel involved. Mm -hmm. And the next thing was that we got a pet theft task force set up, which was incredible. Yeah. Uh, you know, so they were going to investigate. So they had, they set up um, a team and they then were investing it investigating it with the police forces, with animal wardens, Dr. Dan took all his evidence, um, dog lost were called in to give her evidence. Um, and the result of that was in November last year, we actually got the government to say that dog theft will be a specific crime in its own right, which is bigger than we had ever hoped for because we wanted that amendment in the Theft Act, but we've now got a new law. It's been put in the kept animal bill and it's working its way through Parliament now. And don't ask me how long that's going to take, but we hope it's going to be by the summer. Um, so potentially this will be because we are recording in the future. So this episode will be in June. So hopefully it will be hopefully. on its way to being an actual law, which yes. will be amazing. Yes. So it's quite an achievement. It's it's um it's still a bit I don't know surreal really that we've done yeah. it. I think when you've been working so hard for something, I mean we never stop working on mm -hmm. what we're doing because every day dogs are being stolen and we're sharing the dogs, trying yeah. to get them out there, trying to get them into newspapers, television. I mean, dog lost. Uh, our partners have stolen a missing pets alliance as well, and the the work that they do, they've got police. Um, coordinators they've got volunteers up and down the country it's non-stop actually trying to help dogs get back yeah. home yeah 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 and I think um with the pandemic um all of a sudden everyone was getting dogs we know this 
the price of dogs went absolutely through the roof. It became ridiculous. And we saw an increase in um, unscrupulous um, breeders that were, I, I don't like using that word. I'm, I have very strong opinions on good breeders that do amazing work and are doing good stuff and temperament testing and health testing and all the rest of it. And then there's people just trying to make money that it's not a thing. Um, I think that's where, for me, dog theft had always kind of been in the back of my mind a little bit. But during the pandemic, that's when it really became kind of part of my world to the point where, you know, I have four dogs myself. I didn't feel comfortable walking the girls on my own. No. I have never, ever felt uncomfortable walking my own dogs before. No, it really jumped up during the pandemic during lockdown and and we actually thought oh this is going to be nice you know they'll be nice and quiet no dogs being taken and it seemed to be the only crime that kept going I mean yeah. and in a way it because all other crime was so quiet the police were able to help more people and could see what yes. was going on yeah. So in a way that helped us as well. I think the dog thieves actually did us a favour during lockdown because they propelled it forward. There was a, a Katie Bourne, um, police commissioner for South Sussex, um, did a survey uh, to the public asking about dog theft, how we how the public felt the police were dealing with dog theft. <laughs> and the, the, well, the biggest survey they ever had from the public was 60,000 replies. For this one, on dog theft, they had over 122,000 people response. So they could see how angry people were yeah. about the lack of police engagement. But then I, I always feel sorry for the police because they are, do have their hands tied because it's the Theft Act. It's not a specific crime. Yeah, they can only, they can only work within the law that they are given. And if the law hasn't changed, then it is difficult. But I think the main thing is that they're they were kind of classified so low and seen as an object and as you say yeah. second-hand goods which you know our, our dogs are family you know personally I don't have kids um I have my dogs that's that's my life and for me losing a dog kind of under natural circumstances was devastating to lose a dog in the circumstance of theft would be absolutely soul-destroying. Yeah, it, it is shocking. And, and even this year, Dr. Dan's figures have just come out for the theft figures for 2021, for mm -hmm. last year, and they've increased by 25% again. So um, it's still on the rise. It's still going that way. And, you know, Dan reports on the... Um, crime reference numbers that are reported mm -hmm. it, crime reference number doesn't say how many dogs were stolen at one time so if you have a litter of puppies stolen or three dogs are taken at once there's still one crime number so it's estimated last year on 2020 it was um, estimated that seven dogs a day were stolen wow. um, so it must be up to about 10, 10 dogs a day are stolen across the UK which is still uh, it's still a small number considering there are nine million dogs in the UK but, but if your dog is stolen it changes your life forever you know yes, yes, so yes. It, it's really tough but and also the figures never incorporate theft by finding 
And theft by finding is when people find a dog that looks disheveled in a bad way, looks like it hasn't been looked after, but it may have been out in the wild for a while. Mm -hmm. These people think, oh, this poor dog has been kicked out. Their people don't love it. And they decide to keep it. They don't check to see if it's missing. By law, if you find a stray dog, you should report it to the local animal warden and at least get the micro see if there's a microchip to, to find the owner. But if you find a stray dog and you keep it, that is theft by finding. It is stealing a dog. Yep, and, and that is a really important point, isn't it? Because obviously, um, I mean, I found a couple of dogs randomly. Um, the last one was actually a lovely Border Collie, very sweet little dog. Um, found it, popped it in my van, took it to the vets, got it scanned. The owners came and picked it up a few hours later. You know, the vets rang me and said, yep, the owner's been found, it's cool. I think some people have this whole thing of, oh, but if I take it to the pound, it's going to be put to sleep and blah, blah, blah. Like, it, it doesn't work like that. If, if the dog is registered stolen, if the dog is registered missing, it will be on the system. But there are also horrible stories of microchips being removed, um, which we know can happen. It some is people, very rare. That, that is yeah. very rare. I don't want people to be scared by that no, story. No, but this, but this is why we need to talk about it, because this is one of those urban legends, isn't it, that comes out that it happened. No, it doesn't, okay? Yes, it may happen. It's horrendous, but you could walk down, down the road and meet a bus accidentally. You know, things do happen, but if your dog goes missing, first of all, dog lost is our kind of first port of call, isn't it? Dog lost is yeah. where you want to contact and get the posters shared social media has really opened up awareness of this problem hasn't it oh it's, it's been amazing if, if your dog does go missing if you suspect your dog has been stolen you phone the police on 101 if you've seen your dog being stolen you phone 999 um report the dog missing to the local animal warden because as you as i've said if you find a stray dog that's your first mm -hmm you must phone the double so they can often be matched very very quickly uh dogloss.co.uk contact local vets rescue centers yeah. and get on social media and post yeah. a poster poster in the area you know posters bring so many pets back home as well you know where sort of dogs turned up in a garden or and again it's that thing of people finding a dog and thinking oh it's been thrown out and they're looking after it they're, oh I'll, I'll, you know i'll look after it and and won't even think that it belongs to somebody else and then a poster will pop up or they'll see a poster in the sh local shopping center and they'll go oh my god that's the dog i found mm -hmm. so it's all these different stages that you can do you know you can get um posters in cars uh contact postmen window cleaners yeah i mean there's a list of things you can do which dog lost will advise people yeah. on straight away and actually, um, EastEnders did a storyline, didn't they, where the little girl had found a dog and it was they were going to look after it. And then she found posters of the dog and there was the whole storyline of the dilemma of where they're right. going to take the dog away from the child. But actually, I mean, I love a bit of EastEnders. If you don't, tough. <laughs> but actually, it does raise awareness on some of the issues that go on in the real world as much as it's dramatic and ridiculous as well yes. and it was nice to see something like dog theft being brought into and as you say 
it wasn't theft as in they didn't go out and steal the dog from the person. They found this dog and went, oh, we'll take it in and look after it. And as a nation of animal lovers, yes, you want to look after the animal, but if the shoe was on the other foot, you would want your pet back. Yes, yes. Of course, and that's that's why we we started right going back to the vets to get scanning. The thought that you know a lot of these dogs that don't end up breeding going into the puppy farms, mm. um, a lot of the dogs will be sold on, and that's where the vets can help. They can play play a valuable role in helping to re- reunite pets. Um, there are reasons for not checking microchips, which if you can put your if you can put on a head which thinks, right, my dog's been stolen. If you're told by a vet, I'm sorry, we don't have time to check microchips, uh, it doesn't go down very well. No, <laughs> and that's no. the first I mean, reason. And we're not vet bashing. Vets have the most stressful job yeah. and we are so thankful to our vets. But you have the little beeping machine and you do the scan and it comes up with the number please, please just take that one extra minute to do that check. What what happens is for them is that they've been, um, they're, sort of, they're sort of back to where I first started. They're, they're sort of, they're not looking at microchips with today's technology. Mm-hmm. So there are, at the moment, there's 16 or 17 microchip databases. So their argument is we can't phone, you know, it takes so long, it takes me 40 minutes to find out which database the chip's on. Well, you know, every single microchip database has got a microchip number search. So all they do is pop the number into the search and it would tell you, and I've done a, a, a little video to show people how quick it is to find a microchip database. It takes th- less than 30 seconds mm-hmm. to actually find the database. If the microchip is flagged as missing or stolen, there's an alert and the vet knows that straight away and they contact the database. So it, it's not a long process. We've got vets that do do it. We've got vet nurses who do it. Mm-hmm. We've had vet nurses who have, started their own campaigns to get their um, vets, fellow vets to, to do this. There's a, a lovely vet um, um, who's got her dog stolen pepper, who's been trying to, to get this change, to get it to be made compulsory. They won't do it. They just don't want to do it. Even I, I was on a program, um, Rip Off Britain with Danielle yeah. Santos, who was BBA president at the time. And she was talking about how bad the databases are. And I, you know, we we're talking about the single point of access, which is really what there is today um, with the, all the web databases having the search engine. And um, I said to her, so if there was one point of access for the vets, would you then check the microchip registration? And she said, no. Huh? <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's, really difficult to understand it and I'm not vet bashing I mean Mark the vet is my bestest friend in campaigning and friend and he you know has helped me all the way through this and um I just don't understand it they're the one organization profession if you like that know how much we love our dogs you know we will do anything for them but they can't do this one thing for us it just really it breaks my heart I don't understand yeah. it on yeah. a compa- compassion um moral morals you know moral issue I just it really just upsets me that they can't see this and do this I'm not gonna lie I'm I am genuinely shocked 
that it is not not like it's not best practice for them to just get that checked and um, i understand the restraints and with the amount of animals that have been bought during the pandemic and how you know vets we know vets have a really tough time and it's one of my one of my passion subjects and i will always stand with the vets but we also need to be doing what's right for the animals and you know i know for a fact that if one of my dogs had gone missing and i found out that they had been to a vet and that vet hadn't caught it because they just didn't check a microchip that would be probably the worst news i could have had that they were so close to being okay and being saved and me getting them back and it just slipped through the cracks that's crazy yeah and and also that a stolen dog i mean we've had a few stolen dogs reunited and and they have actually died from stress and Mm. what's happened to them emotionally you know the theft actually affects them really badly and and some dogs may be going into the vets because they've been a stolen dog they may not Mm. be settled they may not be you know they may be fretting they may not be eating they may not be because they've been moved from their home and that's consideration for the vets you know animal welfare go you know is a very important issue on stolen pets and you know as I said we've got vets who do do it so we know it works you know Mm -hmm. and there you know there was a there was a vet a couple of months ago that's reunited a dog that had been missing a couple of months before he routinely checks chips and it doesn't have to be the vet that does it it can be the receptionist the vet nurse whoever's around it'll be done at a later time because all vets register they scan the microchips and they write the number down on their files Mm -hmm. but they don't check so that's that's why you want them to just go that extra phone call just do that extra step for people and and also it's going to help the person who's brought the new dog in or the new puppy in that's been stolen because that time that your the new owner spends with that dog isn't going to break their hearts you know we fall in love with these animals instantly don't we so if (laughs) you've had a puppy for a couple of weeks it's better than having the dog for three years and then finding out you've got a stolen dog you know and it belongs to someone else you know the quicker this is done and you know I've been doing this for 16 years nearly yeah and how many dogs just disappeared that way and never get back and cats the same for cats yeah it's you know and and I know the vet industry is changing I know the corporates are taking over the pricing is going up vets are leaving I think because they're so unhappy with what's going on and and it's it is in a sorry state the veterinary profession is not how it was when how I remember it being Mm -hmm. Um, and that's sad as well. I feel sorry yeah, for yeah, the best. Yeah. yeah, no, definitely. So with the kind of making people aware, because as you said, you know, during the pandemic and now post pandemic, if that's a thing, I mean, it's still there and I don't think we're getting rid of it, but you know, um, keeping your dog safe. One of the main things from my point of view as a trainer, if your dog doesn't have a recall, keep your dog on a lead or a long line because if your dog is going out of sight and when you call it they are not going to come back then that's not great is it really 
also the other the flip side of the whole there's a real kind of fashion of it's okay it's friendly of the dogs that just run up to any person however people seem to be really unaware of the fact that that don't worry it's friendly dog um anyone could grab that dog you know if if you have actively allowed your dogs to just run up to any old person the people that are waiting and looking are going to go oh that dog's going to come running straight up to me and before you know it the dog could be gone which yes it's scary but it's true it can happen so actually teaching your dog that running up to every single person not only is going to make the life easier for every single person in the park people like myself who have dogs that need a bit of room and don't want to meet the friendly dog um but also you are safeguarding your pet from a possible situation where they are more easily accessible to people that are likely to want to steal your dog because stealing a friendly one is going to be a lot easier for them than someone trying to steal my creature that's likely to try and give them a tough kiss in the process uh, you're absolutely right. You know, the, the top place dogs are stolen from is from the garden um, and home burglaries. So check your home security mm-hmm. while people are on a walk, as you say, keep your dog in eyesight. And, uh, you know, so many dogs disappear. They all it just went through the, the bushes and I've never seen my dog again. Um, then then you've got uh, dogs being tied up outside shops and uh, dogs being left in cars that's 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 how it the um route is but gardens are the number one route so please check fences gates um if you can put cctv up outside lighting bells on gates anything just just look how easy would it be to steal my dog have a walk around your garden and just have a look doing yourself a favor that's so interesting because you wouldn't think that your garden would be a place that would be targeted. I mean, I'm quite fortunate where we live. Our garden is pretty enclosed and surrounded by other gardens. So they'd have to scale a few fences to get near me. Also, again, I have a very large German Shepherd, which tends to act as more of a deterrent than smaller dogs that may easily be lifted. But I guess if you've got alleys near you or if there is side access to your garden, you know, and is there kind of particular breeds that are being targeted or is it like smaller, fluffier dogs? I know obviously gun dog theft is quite predominant and we know there was a lot of cases of um, particularly spaniels being stolen um, over the pandemic and stuff. But to me, kind of dogs being stolen, I always think of little cute fluffy things that you can pick up easily and run off with rather than great big beasties that are possibly going to have a discussion with you. Well, on the last police report, I think we saw that they're saying that Staffordshire Bull Terriers are the number one. Um, I then think it's French Bulldogs and Spaniels, Labradors, you know, but it changes. I mean, as I said, right at the start, it doesn't seem to matter to what size or breed the dog is. Mm -hmm. They take them and then decide what they're going to do with them. So it's, you know, and, and please don't think because you've got a German Shepherd that he won't be stolen because yeah. you know they can come in with meat with treats whatever you know it's yeah. no dog is safe if you know just be cautious and aware of your surroundings at all yep. times really no nowhere is safe anymore you know it's it's 
when I first started, you know, and, and the dogs were stolen from the car, I mean, I didn't, I'd never heard of dogs being stolen from cars before, but now we see it. But I mean, although we've just had a really sad case, a little puppy was stolen from a car. Um, they stopped and um, he was actually in a crate that they broke into as well in the car. Um, and the puppy, unfortunately, was found dead a couple of weeks later, just mm. being abandoned. It just been dumped. And, you know, puppies don't have road sense or... No, any sense at all and, and you know you just think at least if you're going to dump a dog leave it safe leave it tied up somewhere where people are going to find it you know yeah. or take it into the vet and say you found it you know you just found this puppy and leave you know it's but then you're trying to appeal to someone who's stealing a dog and they haven't obviously got any I don't well I wouldn't like to say well but, the moral compass has got to be off a little bit hasn't it I mean yeah. it's it's yeah. bizarre isn't it really and I mean, do you think that the increase in price of dogs has fueled the pet theft? Yeah, definitely during lockdown, because we saw that increase that year. Uh, dog loss saw an increase of 250% on dogs wow. being registered on their site, which was huge. And that's what alerted the police as well to the, the problems. And um, I think that, you know, puppies were being sold for £3,000 at the start of the pandemic. And uh, it just went crazy. It just went absolutely mad. And we saw kennels, like um, boarding kennels, where 17 dogs were stolen mm -hmm. in one go, 14 dogs, five dogs, litters of puppies were being gone. This year, we've seen quite a few puppies being stolen. And if you think about it, that's a quicker turnover for the thieves because they can steal a puppy, sell it on for, I don't know, bargain price of 1,500 pounds, yeah. and they've made the money. So it's... <laughs> It's really, you know, everything's money motivated. Organised mm. crime is a big um, yes. part of all this now as well. Yeah. And I think, you know, with more CCTV images that we've had to be able to share, it's proved our point that, you know, you, you've got to be aware. You've got to, you know, think of the safety of your dog at all times. Well, I remember seeing um, a video of, um, it was two Rottweilers. There was an adult Rotty and um, a little puppy one. And the guy literally walked over to the fence, just picked up the puppy out the garden and walked off. And again, that's a big breed next to it. Yeah. But, you know, like me having a German Shepherd, you'd be like, oh, they're Rotties. No one will touch them. No one will be shit. These yeah. people will. It's, And I'm not trying to freak people out, but we do need to be aware that if you have a pet, you need to keep them safe. And actually being kind of vigilant, you know, I love being able to leave the back door open and let the dogs out in the back garden and have a lovely time. But this conversation has made me go, oh, but if I'm doing bits inside the house, should the dogs really be out in the garden having a lovely time while I'm in the house? not paying attention to them it, it's i think to, to keep yourself safe it, it's i think if you're aware mm -hmm. and you're alert then you'll be safe i think that it's it's the opportune moment it's that moment where you're, yeah. you you think oh i'll just pop into the shop i'll only be a couple of minutes mm -hmm. um or you know you've left them out in the garden and I, I don't know it's horrible to think like that I I feel awful telling people to be careful about it but we all have to be like that nowadays yeah. we're living in a different age and if yeah. you can't 
I don't know. It's just you, we we love our dogs. We show them off. We go for walks with them, you know. And we're telling people to change your times of walks, vary your walk times, vary your walk routes, you know. And you're constantly sort of rem- having to remind people: be vigilant, be safe, be secure. Mm-hmm. And if you are, it won't happen to you. It is rare. It is still very rare in this country. But if it happens to you, it's the end of the world. Yeah, no, exactly. So, Debbie, before we started recording, we were kind of talking about how, you know, like, thankfully, your your petitioning campaigning is making a change to the law. But one of the things that really intrigued me is that it's gone from being pets as a broad spectrum to just dog. Can we just touch on that a minute? Because secretly, I'm a cat lover. I'm sorry if this offends people, but... (laughs) I used to work at Cattery. I'm I'm multi-species loving. Um, as much as I specialize in dogs, I've worked with several species and cats are one of them. And they're not yet on the list, are they? No, it was very strange. I mean, we've had all the petitions have been pet theft um, and we've been very conscious of pet theft because we have a lot of cat owners who contact us and need mm-hmm. help. And you'll often see a lot of cats on dog lost, actually. They have got a, a cat section to register cats. Um, so it's just been how we've worked things, how we've progressed with our work. Um, so the Pet Theft Task Force was set up, as I said, in the May last year. And in the November, when the government announced that uh, pet abduction would be a new offence, they've left cats and other domestic pets off the list. The reason they've given is that they need proof, and you'll laugh at this, they need proof that the species um, uh, are kept as a pet, cats are kept as pets, that the species do bond with their owners, cats do bond with their owners, and that the species would be upset if they were stolen. And yes, obviously, any animal's going to be upset if it's stolen. I I can hear the listeners' hackles going up at that (laughs) comment like, what even if you're not a cat fan okay it is blindingly obvious that a cat is a sentient being a cat exists within a household builds bonds and of course will be distressed and from working with pedigree cats in the past especially when I think of breeds like Siamese, Bengals, Maine Coons that they become very bonded with their owners and also the price of these cats you know I mean most people you kind of think cat and you think of your little British moggies little black and white thing or a little tabby thing but when you're talking kind of pedigree cats the lineage and the breeding and the cost that has gone into these animals how they haven't been included the same as dogs just seems bizarre it it really is and and in in their Guff, the, you know, the, what the, the, how the Duff, um, DEFRA have explained their reasoning. They've said that seven out of 10 pets stolen are dogs, which is, yes, we know, but that means that three out of 10 pets are not dogs. <laughs> so you're acknowledging that the theft is happening. So why not include them from the start? I don't, it's um, in the uh, government's manifesto, they're going to make it compulsory to microchip cats mm-hmm. um, soon, I think. Um, which is 
thrown up all the issues with the microchip databases and the bet scanning and everything. So they're really looking very closely at all of this, thank goodness. We had a petition for Fern's Law a couple of years ago. We had our debate and Defra had a meeting with Lord Goldsmith just before Christmas. And they are looking at all the issues with microchipping and databases. And I just wondered if they're going to wait until the compulsory microchipping law is in place for cats and then introduce them. Mm -hmm. because then that's a way of tracing the owners. I don't know. I don't know if that's what's going to happen, but it's very strange. We, we've actually, um, a couple of our fellow campaigners for Stolen and Missing Pets Alliance at uh, Pet Theft Awareness and Dog Union have started a petition, uh, which is on the government site, to amend the dog law to include cats. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then I think that's open until June. But also we've got, you know, a lot of support from that, from all the other rescue who have been supporting pet theft reform. If you hashtag pet theft reform, you will find our work either on Twitter, Instagram yeah. or um, Facebook. Yeah. And you'll find a petition link or you'll find out our work or you'll find missing dogs that you can help with. So um if, if you are if you can sign the petition as a UK resident please please do mm -hmm. and also like just clicking the share button makes such a difference I remember um a very good friend of mine um her dog went missing like it wasn't stolen it just went missing one day um ran off out of um it she was visiting her parents and the dog ran off um Dog Loss said it was one of the most shared posters that they have oh. because she was within um, the agility community. And not only were the, did the pet dog trainer share it, but also the agility community shared it. So he got a much wider reach than your general kind of pet dog. So as a trainer, you know, if I see a dog in my area that's missing, I will just share it because I know that my reach is going to be a lot further than say you know Hilda that lives down the road that's got 10 friends on Facebook yeah it, it really does help and people are so desperate to get their dogs seen I couldn't believe it when I um was looking for Widget and Gizmo I got to a, a park with my posters to put up and I got there and there was already a poster up for Widget and Gizmo I just burst into tears to think that somebody had gone out of their way to do that for me someone yeah. they didn't know and and that's how wonderful the dog community is that we're all there for each other we all want to help each other and it's it's just really important that you as you say share it just share the the dog it's i know there's loads of sites but also you, what you can do on dog lost is you can actually just register you, it doesn't cost you anything mm -hmm. you just register with your email and your area and if a local dog goes missing you get an instant alert for oh, your area that's a really which, good tip okay uh, and you'll get a link to the poster which you can print out straight away if you feel that you can put it in a local shop window or put it in your yeah. car or or wherever but it just gives you that knowledge that a dog has gone missing from up the road around the corner and you can keep your eyes open and peel for it that's really helpful for the the owner yeah 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 i wasn't aware of that at all so that's a really good tip so guys go on to dog loss get yourself registered because you know every poster share because remember not it sounds mental but not everyone's on social media um also you know some people stick to the twitter sphere some people are always on facebook yes. some people are always on the instagram 
And for the person whose pet is missing, they may not be able to cover all of those bases. So just you sharing from Twitter onto Facebook or vice versa could be the difference between that dog being found and not, couldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's well, that's all that these owners want is just to get their, apart from getting their microchips checked by the vets, is getting their faces of their dogs known and seen. Yeah. And we often get dogs that have been kept for a couple of weeks that turn up back home, um, too hot to handle where the dogs are, are handed into vets as I've just found the dog. Yeah. Um, the, the, another part, a bad part of the thief is that they'll wait for the rewards to go up, which is mm -hmm. sad. So, yeah. you know, there's often rewards for the dogs to come back home. But just share, just share it. And uh, you're doing your part to help other dog owners. Yeah, no, definitely. And you, with you saying the too hot to handle thing, um, a few years ago, um, my brother who lives in Australia, he'd um, left his dog outside of shop. We, we won't go into the discussion I had with him about that. I remained very calm and, <laughs> and was like, okay, well, what can we do to... And I straight away, because I've got dog training friends within the area, I was like, right, guys, my brother's dog's missing. Can you share this? And actually it got to the point where the dog was too hot to handle and the people that had found it um, contacted my brother. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> all that pesky postman every time we're recording an episode <laughs> the pesky postman comes along so anyway yeah what actually happened was um they had cctv of the dog being removed from the area um and i think it was within a day the dog suddenly mysteriously was found and i think it was because of the way um they had kind of a neighborhood watch thing going on. Loads of people in the area were sharing her on social, but also it was being shared around the parks. This dog's missing. Look out for this dog, blah, blah, blah. Now, as it turned out, she did actually have a little bit of a medical issue, um, which makes her incontinent. And I wonder oh. if maybe that's one of the reasons why she was suddenly miraculously found, because yeah. a dog with incontinence is not the easiest to live with. Um, yeah. But this is one of the other things, isn't it? You see sometimes um, when dogs are taken, if they do have a medical issue, it's it's going to be serious for the dog as well. So it's important to have that information on there that if people have taken this dog, you know, and it does have a medical issue, let it be known because that could be another reason why your dog is brought home. Yes, yeah. It, it, as much information as possible and obviously if your dog or cat is neutered that will help as well that you know they can't be bred from they're more likely to be stay in the public domain if you like and um and again we come back to vets because you know those those dogs are sold on those are the dogs that we can get back home and I think the other thing is as well with the whole spaying and neutering thing you know not all dogs are um be aware that if your dog isn't they could be targeted more you know all my girls are but for medical reasons dodge isn't that's always in the back of my mind what well, is he going to be targeted because he's an entire male and that is another consideration isn't it 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, if you've got a dog that you can see hasn't been neutered. It's, um, it's fairly one, obvious with the boys, yeah. <laughs> but but some dogs that are very hairy, that's why I say any dog is taken. Mm-hmm. You know, they won't know until they've taken the dog and look for scars to see if a dog's been, um, a female's been spayed or yeah. it, or a boy has not got his bits. <laughs> but it's, <laughs> put it nicely, um, but they won't know that until they've taken the dog so you know just it's not it's not going to stop your dog being stolen initially Mm -hmm. unless you're but it will enable them to sell the pet on which is what you want you want to be able to get your dog that back that way um and not for the poor dogs to end up in the breeding kennels yeah no of course and the thing is with puppy farms um and this again guys is why if you are looking at buying a puppy please do your research find a good reputable breeder you know where you're gonna see pedigrees you're gonna see health checks if it's just a case of it's it's an accidental litter that's just happened i'm sorry i don't buy that anymore accident like yeah it's it's not a story by it's it's buyer beware but also you you're going to be making sure that the parents of the puppy you are buying have lived the best life they can and are well-loved animals and not just basically farm animals which is what puppy farms do and it it's the sad truth of it isn't it that you know some of these dogs that are stolen do end up in puppy farms and when these puppy farms are raided it turns out that people get reunited with their pets after they've had however many litters yeah uh, we started um uh, a couple of years back when we did the ferns law petition fern was a dog that had been stolen six year previous six years previously and she'd been picked up as a stray on the side of the road a man saw her, picked her up and took her to a vet to have her microchip checked. Uh, and stray dogs do get the microchip checked because they haven't got an owner present. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was checked and it was stolen fern and she'd been missing all that time. The owners went and picked her up. She took her to her own vet and, and uh, ob- it was obvious that she'd been used for breeding. Um, but also turned out that she'd had a medical treatment during her time. So during that time, she could have got home earlier. Um, and that's why we called the Bets Get Scanning oh. Petition Burns Law. But, um, you know, she she was in a poorly state, her skin, her, her feet, you know, getting her back home and getting her used to being home and running and being free and, and mm-hmm. doing the things that she loved was quite a long journey for, for Jodie, who, who was Burns' owner. Yeah. And, um, but some of them, there's just been a couple that have been reunited um, and the state of their, you know, the hair and the, they haven't been looked after. They've just been left in a dark kennel, you know, yeah. just yeah. looking after their puppies. And that's what you, that's the picture you have to hold in your head about puppy farmers. You know, mm-hmm. you've got this sweet, beautiful little fluffy puppy, but what has the mother been through? You know, exactly it's, it's horrible. It's, it's not like... You know, when because when you think of farm animals, like you see the cows with the calves and the sheep with the lambs and the horses with the foals, and isn't it all lovely? And they have lovely big beds, you know. Coming from an equine background, you know, mares and foals in fields together is one of the loveliest sights ever. Puppy farms are not that. They're not in lovely kennels 
being looked after, they are literally producing puppies again and again until they can't and then they're discarded or worse. And I think that people just need to be a bit more mindful about where they're, where they're getting their pets from, don't they? Yeah, I mean, um, I've mentioned Mark the vet before, Mark Abraham. Mm -hmm. He worked on Lucy's Law. Yes. And he got the um, government to put in the legislation that you should only, you know, that you buy from the person who's bred the puppy. Yes. It shouldn't be third party sales. So you should be able to go to that home and see the puppy in its home surroundings. And sadly, unfortunately, the puppy farmers work around these issues um, and they set up homes, people yeah. with puppies and make it look like that's where the, the puppy lives. But the, often the mother dog is in a cage or something and they say, oh no, the, we're letting the mother rest. If the mother dog isn't interacting with the puppies, then you know there's a problem mm -hmm. that, that 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 isn't the mother of those dogs so they might have a very pretty front of house mother dog yeah. saying that's the mother but if the puppies aren't interacting with her which they will puppies don't leave their mothers alone you, you know that there's a problem walk away I know it's hard because you're you you feel you want to save that puppy from that life um and that's where they're goddess really haven't they that you oh, know yeah it's it's a very you know everything to do with dogs we're so emotional we're so emotionally tied to them the bond the love we have with them mm -hmm. you know we'll do anything to protect them and if we feel that we can save a puppy from that life what what's going on then then that's what people do yeah but we have to remember that by doing that you're you're committing the mother to a lifetime yes. of of producing those cute puppies yeah. um yeah. so it's horrible <laughs> it is and I don't want this episode to be all doom and gloom but unfortunately <laughs> it's it's the way the world is at the moment and we do need to be aware and unless we have a conversation and build awareness things will never change and it will never get better um the fact that you have managed to get a law changed from it being my dog is is well basically of less value than a laptop that just yeah. blows my mind anyway. But to raise the issue that this is how it was, it does make it difficult for the police to deal with it. It does make it harder to get your pets back. The fact that you have managed to change a law, like I just want to thank you so much for that because <laughs> if it wasn't for you fighting and raising that awareness, things wouldn't have changed. Nothing would be different, would it? No, it, it, it's... It is hard work, it is dedication to it, but we did it and an amazing team. I mean, our patrons are Dr. Daniel Allen, Mark Abrahams, the vet, um, Beverly Cuddy from Dogs Today magazine as well, Professor John Cooper, Brenda Blethin, and the other co-founders of uh, Stolen and Missing Pets Alliance, dogloss.co.uk, Pet Theft Awareness and the Dog Union but also all the groups on Facebook, every area will have a, a Facebook group for missing dogs. Yeah. And there are so many wonderful ladies out there who actually start up pages and advise owners, you know, for a particular dog. So um, I'm just trying to think of one right now, but there's loads of dogs that set up their own pages. There's a dog called um, uh, Rosie, 
Mm -hmm. um, who's been missing over a year now, she has a dedicated page and there are people helping and, and sharing and they put new posts out, you think. And the community on Facebook is absolutely incredible and everybody should help everybody else. Mm -hmm. um, and just look for local groups. There might be a local group that's got missing dogs from your area. Um, it all helps and people working together, everybody who signed the petitions was so important and all the people who wrote to their MPs. These yeah. are all things that you can do to help make the change and together we have. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's not just me, it, it's a whole band of people that have yeah. come together because we know something's not right and we wanted to protect our dogs and cats. So, you know, I'm blown away by the support from everybody else as well. It, it's been really a wonderful thing to see that if you've got a mindset and you know something is wrong, don't walk away from it and say, oh, that will never happen. Oh, I'll never do that. Have a go. Try it. And uh, you'll be amazed what you can achieve. Well, it starts to ripple, doesn't it? You know, um, I'm very good friends with Jordan Shelley, who's just managed to get the law changed in regards to cropping and docking of dogs. Um, oh, brilliant. Okay. Um, and, you know, he had a battle and he had a lot of supporters. Um, Mark the Vet, um, a lot of the names you were saying, I was like, oh, I recognise those names because these are people that are trying to improve the lives of animal and animal welfare and the paths will cross in campaigning because at the end of the day we're trying to make animals lives better do you think that kind of with with the choir one of the things that I think has come as a positive from it is that people have realized how important animals are to us yeah, I think that sort of, I think a lot of people started to understand that more during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, and people who were never doggy or catty people um, could suddenly see the affection and love that we all have and what we get from it. You know, it, it's uh, fulfilling. It's wonderful to be able to look after something, love something, feed it, nurture it. Um, and you get that amazing unconditional love back that you can't describe to somebody who doesn't know. Yeah. Um, you know, do, the, the bond that we have, and uh, I was just at Crufts, uh, I was invited to Crufts to talk about the campaigning, mm -hmm. and um, it's incredible when you see the medical detection dogs, the sniffer dogs, the support dogs, that uh, the, what dogs do, the hearing dogs, the guide dogs, I mean, they are an incredible species, really. When you yeah. think about it, I mean, we think of them as our, you know, our little pet dog running around, but they are amazing and, and yeah. they deserve to be put on a pedestal and applauded for the help that they are. They are man's best friend, or, or I don't know if we're allowed to say that, people's best friend now. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's the politically, socially correct way of saying this? Um, they are people's best friends, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> but they are amazing and we should all applaud them and I think people who didn't get dogs or didn't understand the love that we have for our dogs they they sort of got it after the pandemic or during the, the pandemic yeah. yeah no I I think it did kind of make some people realize why us us crazy dog peoples are crazy dog peoples because they are epic and they're awesome and yeah. sharing our lives with them is just a brilliant thing to do so Debbie if people want to find out more if they want to support the cause 
help share posters, get involved, sign petitions. I'll put stuff in the show notes, but where can they Fantastic. kind of find that stuff? Well, um, the stolen missing pets alliance.co.uk is mm -hmm. our website and that will lead you to all the different things that we're doing so there's letters to mps petitions um the news bit is current missing stolen dogs mm -hmm. um any news articles about um what's happening in the world of dog theft and and the support i mean like dr daniel allen our one of our patrons who did all the petitions, mm -hmm. he's just received a points of light award from the government, the cabinet office, which is a huge um, award to win. So th those kind of things, we keep it all current, keep it all moving. And as I said, if you use the hashtags, either um, pet theft reform or Ferns Law, mm -hmm. uh, you'll find us on all the different platforms. Yeah, yeah. And also if you're a listener that's not in the UK, um, see what your laws are in your country and if they aren't kind of up to standard if they aren't where they could be then you know maybe you could start campaigning as well because when a law changes in one country it does add a ripple for other countries to follow suit as well yeah. so to say well the UK has done this it might mean that your country may consider making changes and reforms as well good point excellent I try. point <laughs> <laughs> that's my thought of the day now i'm screwed for the rest of the day now. <laughs> so debbie thank you so so much for joining me um for this interview i know that it hasn't been the the generally kind of crazy ride that the hoopers world podcast is it has been a more serious issue today but it's something that i did really want to talk about because i think it's so important so thank you for joining me and explaining to everyone that there is a problem things do need changing and just that just retweeting or sharing a post really can make a difference to people and also if you are kind of friends with your vet or any vets listening guys get scanning please um, but if you're a vet nurse, you know, work with that as well. We understand that your job is really difficult and we are not vet bashing, but please, please get scanning because it's, it's the difference between someone getting their pet back and not really. It is. Uh, if you are listening and you're vets or vet nurses, the, you can uh, check a chip.com is the one of the, the databases uh, where you can check a microchip database for a database in 30 seconds. You don't have to call all the databases and that will really save you so much time and effort. And it, and it helps, it's a win-win for everybody really. Yeah, so that you was checkachip.com, was that right? Yeah, okay, checkachip.com. It's you know very easy to do and it, oh, the other thing I haven't mentioned is that one of the other big issues with the microchipping databases is that there's actually a, a fraudulent microchip database, which is number one on Google search. Mm -hmm. So if you're if all the pups that are imported from overseas are microchipped but not registered, so everybody's always told to register on a UK database when you when you get your puppy when you get your papers. If you Google it and you see this database, it looks like it's set up in England. It's got telephone boxes, taxes. There's even a picture of Big Ben somewhere in the site. Um, it's shocking. Wow. So you, you pay your money. So you pay your £18 to register the mm -hmm. microchip. And 
if your dog is missing and is lost and the microchip is scanned, it will show up as unregistered because it doesn't meet government standards. Oh. And it's I... huge, this. Now, if you check the effects, just check every dog that comes in that their microchip is registered. Mm-hmm. That number will actually tell you if the chip is registered on a UK database or not, mm-hmm. which will help the owner of someone who might be on a fraudulent database trading standards have issued a warning about the site um, and it's called uk pet chip registry but the picture shows all paws so just beware so please everybody that's listening please you can all do it yourselves just go on to checkerchip.com put your microchip number in there and your database should come up then you could follow it through and just make sure your contact details are up to date um, with your name and your contact information. Exactly. Um, if it's not registered, exactly. it will say uh, not registered, but yeah. you can register it on this database. So the process is there. It's easy to mm-hmm. do. It will take you no time to do it, I promise you. But just have a look and, and make sure your, your contact details are up to date and on a UK database. Yep. So, guys, if in fact, regardless of if you're in the UK, just anyone, if your pet is microchip, please make sure that your details are up to date. Make sure that it's the correct address, the correct phone number. You know, it's one of those things. If you've moved house recently, not even recently, you have this whole list of things you need to change the address on. And then all of a sudden you go, oh, I forgot about that make sure that your pet's microchip is not one of the things that you forgot to change. Make sure that your details are up to date for all of your pets. Thank you. So Debbie, once again, thank you so, so much. That was absolutely brilliant. And guys, um, I'm sorry, it was a somber one, but it's important and let's share the information. If you see a dog lost in your area, please share the poster and help get them reunited. So until next time, Stay safe, be kind, wash your hands thoroughly, keep your dogs on lead around livestock and don't let them lick toads. Take care, guys. Bye. www.caninehooperswild.com Canine Hoopers World now has achievement awards online so anyone, anywhere can test their teamwork and get one of our beautiful rosettes there's even one for puppies. The website will tell you more about that and hoopers, how to find an instructor. We also offer online training. There are beginners courses, we offer online training in distance handling and there are instructor courses for dog trainers. Join us on Facebook, we have a friendly international group and follow us on Instagram at Canine Hoopers World. Canine Hoopers World, everyone's invited.